I mean, I remember also back to baseball. I have a bad history of baseball. I would go up to bat, and I would just swing at every ball because if I tried, I was afraid to strike out while trying. So, I mean, I was, I was hitting at pitches up here, dude. I mean, they were over here. I was, I was diving for it because I didn't want to try and fail. And a lot of us, you know, even though that sounds silly, you know, I was like 12 years old, we all go through that. We don't want to try because we don't want to fail. We're afraid of failure. Now, here's the thing. The Bible actually addresses this because sometimes our fear could make us cowards. Everybody say cowards. Now, I'm not talking about coward, the courage, courage, the cowardly dog, not coward, the courage. So courage, the cowardly dog, right, who was, you know, scared of everything from his shadow to his tail. No, I'm, I'm talking about us as people. We become cowards. That's what the Bible says. Sometimes we become cowards when it comes to preaching the gospel. We're scared. We're fearful. What if I fail? What if they mock me? What if I don't do? The, what if I don't say the right thing? What if I don't act the same, the right way? What if I try to be Christian, but then I fail and everybody laughs at me and mocks me? What if I get in trouble? And then sometimes we're Christians. We're not really cowardly to preach the gospel, but we know God is telling us to do something like start a Christian club, right? Or maybe go evangelize every Wednesday. Go, go do something for God. Attempt something great for me in my kingdom. And that's what God's telling you, but you're a coward and you're afraid of doing it. Some of us are cowardly. We don't want to obey God because we're afraid where God may take us. Like, man, God, if I know if I, if I start obeying God, I'm going to lose friends and I'm afraid of failing in high school. I, don't, I want to have a great high school career. I want, to, I want to make sure that I can look back at my high school career and I was the best at volleyball, the best at baseball. I was doing the most I could do. I don't want to fail in high school, so I'm not going to obey God. I mean, that's what some, of, some people think. You know, they claim to be Christian, but do they, they don't want to obey God. Even if it comes to, to knowing that, that someone needs God and God's telling them, even if they know it's God, they're afraid of failure. They're afraid to mess up. But here's the thing. This fear, this, over, this overwhelming fear I was talking last time, being a coward, should we be that? Should we be cowards? Should we? No, we shouldn't. If you could turn to uh, 2 Timothy 1, uh, 7. Please. This is what the scripture says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The word timid there means to be cowardly. It means, uh, and there's this other word that no one really uses anymore, but cowardice, right? To, to be afraid of, to, to, terrorize, to be afraid of danger. We'll get into that in a little bit. And what I want to share with you guys is this. We should not fear failure. Because we have not been given a spirit of fear, plain and simple. And you'll see how this plays along with failure and why we not give, being given a spirit of fear helps us not be afraid of failure. So basically, right, if we can stay on this portion, actually go to uh, 2 Timothy 6, 1, 6 through 12. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 12. And when I want to read this passage, I want you guys to understand the context of this. Everybody heard of, of St. Paul? Everybody heard of St. Paul? Paul the Apostle, Saul, he turned to Paul. Anybody, anybody know him? Who, who knows him? Raise your hand. Well, you should know about him because he wrote th 13 books in the Bible, right? He, he, I'm not saying he's the most important guy ever in, the, in history, you know, that's Jesus, but he's a pretty 
important guy. He's saying this to a, a young pastor, right? Someone who's planning a church is one of his disciples. And he's telling this man named Timothy uh, this instruction. He's giving him this encouragement. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of hands. For the spirit God gave us, everybody say, the spirit God gave us. Does not make us timid, but gives us Boom. And then everybody, what is his commandment? Now, what does he, what does he encourage him finally to do? He encourages him not to what? Be ashamed. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in his suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And we'll, we'll stay there for now. Uh, no need to go to the rest. So real quick, three things I want you guys to understand here. For the spirit God gave us does not make us cowards. So if we have the Spirit of God in living inside of us, which if we say we're Christians, we should have the Spirit of God, then God has not made us cowards. We are not to be fearful. He has not made us that way. Secondly, we are not to be ashamed. I want you guys to understand where he's coming from, and we'll get to that in a little bit. So we are not to be ashamed. Sometimes when we're afraid or we're cowardly, we're ashamed. Next thing you need to understand is God gives us, right? That spirit gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So my first point I want to get you guys to understand is God did not make us cowards. So the idea here is that a fearful man, someone who's full of fear, is a coward. Now, I have to break the society, societal mode right here because a lot of people think that, man, I ain't scared of nobody, man. I ain't scared of nobody, man. I, run up on me right now, preacher, man. Guess what? I'll give you the hands. And you might give me the hands, one of you guys. I don't know. Like, I don't know you guys. I don't know your, your history or, you know, how many people you've given the hands to. I remember TJ, when he first came here, I felt like he wasn't giving me the hands. But so you might think, like, hey, man, I'm going to give you the hands. Don't mess with me. I ain't afraid of nobody. I ain't afraid of the person to the right, to the left. You mess with me, it's over. I ain't no coward. So you might think I'm, I'm talking about that, like you're ready to fight people. But this is what uh, cowardice, or the the word timid, really means at this point. It's the trait of lacking the quality of spirit that enables you to face danger or pain without showing fear. So it's basically having the spirit that gives you or allows you to not be fearful of danger or pain. So you're not afraid of the outcome. You're not afraid of the failure. You're not afraid of the pain that failure may bring. You're not afraid of the results with people that that failure may bring because God is not giving you that type of uh, that, that spirit. And here's the thing. This is important to know because the spirit that we are talking about today is what spirit? The Holy, you said it, Victor. Go ahead. Okay. The Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit. That's what it is, the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing. Some of you Christians, right, that are here, that you just claim to be Christians, some of you guys think it's okay to live without the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys think it's okay. You know, I can, I can just do my self-religious thing. I don't really have to have God living in me. That's, that's not what I'm about. You know, I'm just going to church. That's really all it is. But here's the thing. The Spirit God gives us doesn't make us cowards. We need his spirit to be brave, to be bold. And here's the thing about being a coward. You don't enter the kingdom of God. If we can go to Revelations 21, uh, 6 through 8, and you may be thinking, man, dude, that's kind of mean. People who are scared, they don't enter the kingdom of God. People that are afraid, they don't enter the kingdom of God. Why, why is that? Well, it says right here in Revelation, let's, let's all, if you guys got Bibles, I 
encourage you guys to turn there. Everybody needs Bibles. So he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is Jesus talking. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost. From the spring of the water of life, those who are victorious, those who are victorious, what's the opposite of failure? Victory, victorious, those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But, right, big old but, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, which are those who like not only practice magic, like some voodoo stuff, but they try to hallucinate. They create potions to try to see spirits. The idolaters are, are, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of, the, of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So the cowardly are put in the same category as the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars. This is Jesus speaking. I'm not, this ain't my opinion. This isn't the guy yelling at you saying you're scared and you're a pansy or something. I'm not doing that. This is Jesus, the God of love, who is love, who is telling you this as a warning that if you are a coward, you will experience the second death. You, you will be judged just like the liar, just like the vile murderer, just like all the people listed. You'll be consigned with them. Now, here's the thing, right? Why is that? What if you're just an introvert and you just don't like to deal with people? Well, I'm not talking to that kind of cowardly. I'm not talking to the introverted person who, who just, you know, is, is really comfortable with being with a few people. I'm not talking about that. This is what kind of cowardliness I'm talking about is when you are ashamed. When you are ashamed of Christ. When you are afraid to fail at preaching the gospel and fail at life, so instead you disobey God. That's what I'm talking about. And, and before I, I get into that point, I want you to understand that those who are victorious, they will inherit all this. They will inherit the water that will never leave them thirsty again. They will have God and they will be his children. Those belong to the victorious. So those who are victorious, not to those who are failures or cowardly, those people will not be given the kingdom of God. They will not inherit this. And, and here's the thing, Right? It's not, not saying, oh, man, dude, if you're, if you're bad at dodgeball and you just always lost in, in sports or you always lost in video games or you always lost in school, you just weren't that smart, you always had failing grades. I'm not talking about that kind of failure, okay? I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is when you are ashamed to preach the gospel because of you being a coward. So instead of, instead of preaching the gospel and trusting God, what you do is you disobey him. You cowered away from what he's telling you to do. You cowered away from telling other people about the gospel. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of failure I'm talking about. So if we could turn to 2 Timothy uh, 1.8. This is, this is important to understand because Paul and just the rest of the people in the Bible, they were not cowards. They were not afraid to preach the gospel. They were not afraid of death. And we're going to be learning that in a couple of weeks. They were not afraid of any of those things. They weren't afraid of failure. Now, it wasn't, all, it wasn't due to anything they did, right? It was all because of the Spirit. It was the Spirit of God. If we go to uh, 1, 1 Timothy uh, 1.8, it says, do not be ashamed. 
of the testimony about our Lord or me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for, uh, for the gospel by the power of God. So he's telling us that we can join with him in the suffering, that we should not be ashamed of who? We shouldn't be ashamed of who? Of our Lord or who? No, our Lord or who? His, his prisoner. His prisoner. See, that's, that's the interesting thing. This is what you guys need to understand. Following Jesus doesn't mean now everything in your life is going to go fine. That doesn't mean now, dude, you can just walk in the classroom having studied all night and be like, man, I got Jesus. Give me this test, teacher lady. The heck? I got Jesus on my side. And all of a sudden, you're just like, man, see? And then you make your own letter. You make your own bubbles and you spell out Christ. You're like Christ, and then you, you make your own letters again and spell out Jesus. That's an A right there. Don't even check it. Just give me an A. And then you fail, and you're like, what? I thought I had Jesus. You know, I can just succeed in life now. Life is going to be easy. Now I can, I'm five foot six, but now that I got Jesus, God gives me power so I can just dunk on Seth right now. Right? No, that's not how it is. That's, that's not what having Jesus is, Jesus doesn't mean now all of a sudden care bears, they hold your hand, they follow you around your whole life now, singing, wow, life is good, life is, no, that's not, that's not what following Jesus is. And he says it right here, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or me, his prisoner, rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. What I want to help you guys understand before I, I get into uh, why Paul is urging us to be, not be ashamed, I want you guys to understand your own failures in your life. Because sometimes we may, literally, our walk, our identity, we feel like it is suffering because of the failures we experience in life. Uh, we may fail in certain things. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. We may fail in academics. Like, I'm not saying just because you're Christian, you won't fail in academics. You might have to study extra hard, right? I, I know a couple people like TJ, another one of my friends, uh, where... Dude, they didn't care about school. I, I know, even Yuli, he didn't, they, none of these people cared about school. And in order to, even though, even though they got saved, it didn't, all of a sudden God didn't just make them Einstein, right? They had to study. They had to work at what they were doing with all their heart, serving God. So I'm telling you guys personally, for your failures, like in academics or, or like a job, let's say you guys lose a job or your parents lose a job. And you're like, man, God, I was praying super hard that they wouldn't lose their job, but they still lost it. These things may fail. Like these, all these things really may fail. The Bible says even your heart and your flesh may fail. So everything you know might fail. Here's the thing. Because of that, it's not for you to all of a sudden start judging yourself, being like, I'm a failure in life. All of a sudden, your self-esteem takes a hit. And, you know, I'm, and, and then all of a sudden, you're just like, I'm a loser. I can't do anything in life. No, dude, failures, you just learn from them. Simple as that. It says in the Bible that the wise add to their learning. So if you are wise, simply learn from your mistakes and add to your learning. So let's say, for example, you crash a car. Like, man, dude, I remember the first time driving. I drove to school. It was my second week of having a license, and I hit a CTA bus. I straight rammed that thing. And listen, listen, I was in 101, all right? So I'm not even going to front like I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. I was just, I, I mean, dude, I dipped, bro. I dipped. The minute I hit it, I dipped. I drove off. It was bad. And, you know, I was waiting for them to, like, email me because I didn't drive off super fast. So I thought maybe they got my license plate. They were able to find something out. This was, like, four years ago. And I was afraid, and I dipped on them, and dude, I felt so bad. I was like, dude, I'm never going to drive again. 
I'm never going to do this again. I'm never driving. I'm done. I, once I go to jail and they arrest me for hitting a CTA bus and running away, I'm never driving again. All right? Then there's other times where I've gotten accidents falling asleep behind the wheel. I have had failures myself. Every one of your leaders that you see right now, we have not been uh, like the perfect standard of never failing at life. A lot of us have left school, have dropped out of school, have lost jobs, have had to learn how to grow and become a person. So this type of failure I'm talking about, I want to let you know, all these things are to add to your wisdom. You're to learn, right? Josh likes to say this, and I, I think I made it up. You take two L's, and you, you, you make a W, right? Two L's, make a W, you get that? And then he says, these L's, they aren't losses, but they're lessons, right? So, you know, I'm kind of telling you guys that, you know, learn from your mistakes in life. But then there's another type of mistake I, guys, I want you guys to understand, and that's sin, right? So sin is failure. The Bible says that sin is failure to miss God's mark. So that means you failed to miss God's mark. That means God's standard of being holy and righteous, right? You've missed it. If you had a bow and arrow, man, you'd miss it. If you had a bow and arrow, you'd probably hit the person holding it or something. I don't know. That's just the truth, right? So we have all sinned. We've all failed when it comes to meeting God's standard. So technically, every one of us can sympathize with being a failure because everyone here has sinned. But this is one failure you have to learn from. You have to understand when you sin that it's not something that you can continue to repeat from. Give me one second. I'm going to tie my shoe. One second. Thank you. One second. If you guys also, guys, think about this, right? When you have sinned and that feeling of failure. Just give me one second. Please don't look at me, please. Sorry, I saw, I, saw, I saw people looking at my feet, then I realized, I was like, man, I don't want to trip. That'd be embarrassing, right? But I'd laugh with you guys. So back to what I was saying, though, we've had failures. We, we've been afraid of that. And th that's what I want you guys to understand is that what the failure I'm talking about is not your personal life. You should not be afraid of that simply because of Matthew 6, 28, 34. If you can put 20, Matthew 6, 28 to 34, if you are afraid of failing in life, failing to dress good enough, failing to get jobs, failing to get all these things, I want to encourage you the way Jesus did, and he told you to trust him. So Matthew 6, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. They don't work at all. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and is tomorrow thrown into the fire, he will not much more clothe you, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. People that don't believe in God run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And so... Everybody pay attention to catch this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about it, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then if we can go to Proverbs 31, 25, what I want you guys to understand here is just not to worry. She, all right, this is about women, right? But men should act like this too, right? I want to encourage the men here. You are clothed with strength and dignity. Amen. Kate, that. All right. Don't be insecure, guys. So she's clothed all with. Uh, she's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. We should all be like this. 
We should never, we should never worry about tomorrow when we trust Jesus. The Heavenly Father cares about us. We should not be afraid of tomorrow. We should not be afraid of failing. Some of us have so many things on our mind that we like to make excuses like going to college, right? Everybody's worried about going to college. I've met like three people just today. They're seniors, and I'm like, oh, dude, why don't you come to church? Man, school, you know, got scholarships. Like, bro, quit playing. You're going to write. Don't be in front. I was like that. I didn't apply to one college. I just went to write. Like, straight up. I didn't even play. I was like, nah, I'm going to go to write. So here's the thing, right? We all like to make excuses. Man, what am I going to wear? I got to get money. I got to get money. I got to make sure I'm making clothes. I'm afraid of failing, right? I'm afraid of failing when it comes to money. I'm afraid of failing when it comes to school. I'm afraid of all these things. But we have to understand that that's tomorrow. Listen, none of you guys know what is going to happen tomorrow. Not one person. Not one of you guys can sit here and tell me what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I cannot sit here and tell you what's going to happen to you tomorrow. But yet we can trust in the one that holds tomorrow, and that's God. That's our Heavenly Father. See, He cared about the flowers. He cared about the trees. Why, why would He not care about you? So we don't have to fear about, we don't have to be afraid of failing tomorrow, but instead we can be clothed with strength and dignity and we can laugh at the days to come. We don't have to fear failure for tomorrow, whether it be school, job, whatever it may be, clothes. We don't have to fail in those areas. We can simply trust God. And none of those things are our identity, but I just wanted to get that out the way. So here's the thing, right? We should not be ashamed. We should not be ashamed. When it, comes to being, like, when it comes to failures or, or any of that. But here's the thing, right? What is Paul talking about he is not ashamed of, right? And more importantly, what is a coward or a failure to Jesus Christ? Because here's the thing. Many people are going to have opinions on you. I know some of you guys have opinions on me right now as I speak. But guess what? None of your opinions matter. None of our opinions matter. There's only one opinion that matters because that's fact. And that's Christ. So what exactly is a coward to Jesus? What exactly is a failure to Jesus? That's what we need to understand. Because here's the thing. He's saying, do not be ashamed. If we can go to 1 Timothy uh, 1.8 again, please. He's saying, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or me, his prisoner. Why would any of us, believing in Jesus, right, believing in Jesus, be afraid or be ashamed of his testimony. Why would we be ashamed? Why would we be ashamed of Paul who wrote 13 letters in the Bible? Why would we be ashamed of the God who healed the, who healed the deaf, who gave sight to the blind, who rose from the dead? Why would we be ashamed of that testimony? Why would we be ashamed of these people? Well, first of all, Paul, he's in prison writing this. He's in prison. Second of all, not everyone believes in the resurrection. So here's the thing, right? Jesus, the Savior of mankind, he comes to save all of us from our sins. The Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament to come and destroy everybody, he comes and he dies. Then Paul, you have this guy who was a Jew, and he was one of the best Jews. And not only that, but he's continuing to be awesome. He's continuing to, to build churches. He's continuing to raise the people from the dead through the Spirit of God. He's continuing to do the things just like Jesus because Jesus is in him. But yet, he's in prison, and he's dying writing this letter. He's doing all these things, and he's dying writing this letter. 
People were ashamed because other people thought Christ had failed. That the Messiah didn't rise from the dead. That Paul was just a phony. Just some guy who was in prison. He's lost it. He's not doing anything effective. So here's the thing, right? Are you ashamed of Christ? Are you ashamed of the Jesus that we know and that we love? Are you ashamed of him? Are you ashamed of telling people the gospel that, listen, smoking weed is a sin. You need to repent. Having sex outside of marriage is a sin. You need to repent. Are you afraid of failing when it comes to making friends now? Are you afraid of failing while you're preaching the gospel? And what you're like, they might say, man, dude, I don't care about Jesus, man. Forget you and your Jesus, man. I don't care what you have to say. They may flick you off. Dude, I mean, I've had people laugh at me. I've had people spit in my face. Paul was mocked and ridiculed by his own people. He failed at being a Jew. Listen, does that matter, though? Because what exactly is a failure what exactly is a coward when it comes to Christ? That's when you're afraid and you're ashamed of him. When you're afraid to talk about him and you're ashamed of him. When you're ashamed to obey Christ and you're ashamed to tell others of Christ, that means you're a coward to Christ. That means you are a failure. That's when you are a failure is when you fail to tell people of the one who can save their life. That's when you're a failure. And that, there I have no encouragement for you if you think that's okay. The only encouragement I have to you is to repent. If you are afraid and you fail to preach the gospel and live for Jesus, you are a failure in the eyes of God and you need to receive victory. That is plain and simple. I don't care. I don't care if you aren't the best dresser and you fail at matching. I don't care if you, right, don't have the most money. I don't care, right, if you fail at speaking sometimes. And guess what? God does not care, and that's most important. You see, God does not care about the things you care about. He's not, he's not interested in your school success, to be honest. He just wants you to do it unto, unto him with all your heart. He is not really careful in considering how much you succeed with making friends. He just cares how much you're telling people about Jesus. See, you need to understand what God is concerned about. And he's not concerned about half the things. The Bible says, basically, he mocks and he scoffs the people who make plans without him. He laughs at you. When you're like, hey, man, God's all up in this. Like Drake, God's plan, he's laughing at Drake. To be, Drake is being laughed at by God himself. When everyone is giving God the glory when they're in sin and just because they miss out on church and play football, guess what? That's not God's will. That's not God's will. God's laughing at that. You are failing right now in life. When you disobey God and you now begin to, begin to turn away from it, you begin to do your own thing, you are failing when it comes to Christ. That is just the truth. I have to let you know that. Because in Revelation, if you are a coward and you are failing, you will not be accepted to the kingdom of God. And you may be thinking, that's harsh. That's wrong. Well, let, let me ask you this. If there was a man who had cancer, right? And you had the cure, but you're afraid of failing to give it to him. Dude, all of you guys would be like, dude, that's wrong. That's immoral. How could you fail to give the cure to a person who's dying of cancer? How could you fail to do that? Dude, that's wrong. How could you be so negligent? How could you be so lazy? How could you be so selfish that instead you didn't do it, you just stayed home and played Fortnite? 
You're like, man, that's, I'm afraid of failure. I'm not going to do that. You just, you just stayed home and, and stayed by yourself. You didn't tell anybody, anybody about Jesus. Listen, this is how it is. People are dying in their sin, and you are failing. You are failing miserably being a coward to tell them about the cure. Tell them about the one who can give them life and freedom from their sin. That's just how it is. If no one told me about Jesus, I'd be dead because of a coward. Jesus wants to use every one of you who are victorious, who do have the Spirit of God, to give now the good news, the medicine to those who are sick. But if you are a coward and you fail to do that, right, you will not inherit what God has for his children. So this is what I have to tell you, that the Spirit, right, the Spirit God gives you is power, love, and self-discipline. So you should not be ashamed of your failures and keep that and let that keep you from obeying Christ. But instead, you should understand that the spirit God gives us makes us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. It's not of ourselves. It's not of ourselves. He gives it to us. So now that in every relationship, in every moment, what spirit do we have? The spirit that has what? What does the spirit give us? What, what kind of spirit do we have? One of power. Love and self-discipline. We don't have to be afraid. We have power. We don't have to be afraid of failure. We can love people now. So what? They break our trust. So what? They may mock us. So what? Who cares? I have the approval of Christ himself. This is for them. I love them because God loved me first. So we understand that love now. Then we understand that we have power. We're not some kind of like weak Christians. We're not like all of a sudden, you know, like, who, like we're, we're not, the, we're not the, the, the bench player now who, who gets busted by everybody, you know, in the team who just literally can't run more than a lap. You know, we're not that. We're, we're more than LeBron now. We're more than Jordan because of Christ. We have power. We have power. We're not, we're not some weak Christian who the minute they feel some type of temptation, I just got to sin. I'm afraid of failing. So the minute someone, someone tells me, hey, man, you know, you might be cut by the team if you don't come to practice and you don't elevate some practice or, you know, you got to evangelize that there or you got Christian club. Man, I'm afraid of failing in school. What are people going to think of me? I don't want to fail in this kind of part of my life. You know, we're not going to do that because we understand we have the approval of Christ. That's it. We're not afraid of failure anymore because God did not give us a spirit of fear. He did not make us cowards. There's no need to be cowardly of a failure anymore. If you could turn to Matthew 10, 18, uh, 16 through 20. This, there's no need. There's no need. I'm sending you. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Remember what I said about being a Christian. I'm not just saying now, I'm not saying now just because you preach the gospel, you go to church, you do the, the, the Christian thing. Now, all of a sudden, dude, everybody's going to like you. Everybody's going to love you. There's going to be no such thing as failure. I'm not telling any of you that. I'd be a liar. What I am telling you is what Jesus told his disciples right here. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to local consuls. You will be flogged. That's what they did to Jesus in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings, as if you can go to the next verse, as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry. Everybody say, do not worry about what to say or how to say because at this time you will be given what to say for it will not be you speaking but the 
the spirit of your father speaking through you. You don't have to be afraid. I don't care if you just got saved. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared because God has given you a spirit that will speak through you. It doesn't matter how much you know about the Bible because guess who's the word? Jesus. And guess what he sent? The spirit. So he wants you to speak. He doesn't want you to be timid. He doesn't want you to be a coward because that's like saying to the spirit, you're not enough. You're with me, but dude, they're more powerful than you. I don't want to fail here. If God is with you, who can be against you? How are you going to fail if the Father is speaking through you? God did not give us a spirit of fear. God did not make us cowards. We should not be ashamed of his gospel. Instead, we should live with the spirit that gives power, that gives love, that gives self-discipline. You are able in every conversation you have preaching to someone to preach with love. You are able to preach with power. You are able to have self-discipline, which is having wisdom with your words. You are able to, not because of anything you are, not because of what you've done, how smart you are, how, how good your grades are, how great you are in sports. It's because the Spirit of God lives in you, plain and simple. And that is how it's always supposed to be. I myself, I can't come up here. I can't go in the streets. TJ can't come up here, go in the streets. Lawrence, Karina, any of the leaders or deacons, if it wasn't for the spirit God gave us. And here's the thing now, because if you're given the spirit and I have the spirit, there's no difference because the Father's speaking through both of us. You're able to go preach the gospel. You are able to proclaim his name and without being ashamed. And you're able to do it because God's spirit lives in you. It's all because of God's spirit. All because of it. And this is, this is, in closing, if I can have Stephanie come up, please. This is so important for you to have the Spirit. It, it's not optional. It's not optional. It's not like, listen, I can just fake it till I make it. I can just preach, and then maybe one day someone will come to church, or I'll just invite people to church my whole life. No, you're called to make disciples. I've been, kept, I've been put here to tell you that. That you, every one of you, Abdi, Dana, Victor, Kiki, you are called to make disciples. You're called to open your mouth and let the Father speak through you. You're not called to just sit in the first row, second row, third row and be a hypocrite all your life and be a coward. You're called to preach the gospel. You're called to make disciples. And it's not you doing it. It's not your skill. It's Jesus. It's God working through you. And you can do this. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old you are. God said, let the little, ch I don't care if you got a 10-year-old brother, you make him a disciple. I don't care if you don't see anyone but your mother, you make her a disciple. You proclaim the name to your mama. You proclaim the name to your dad, your cousin. It doesn't matter. If you could turn to Romans 8, please. We don't have to be afraid of failure. I'm not afraid to fail, preach to you guys. If all you guys leave now because you're saying God doesn't like cowards, he doesn't want me to be a coward, that's fine with me because I've been approved by Christ and I have the spirit of love in me, of power and self-discipline. It says right here in Romans 8, 31, 39. If you can all stand, please. Por favor. What then shall we say in response to these things? It is, if God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Love, power, self-discipline, the words, the preach the gospel. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has approved? Has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condones, condones? Who is the one that calls you a failure if God justifies you? Who calls you a failure if God is the one who calls you victorious? Who? It says right here, no one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or grades or being made fun of or not doing good at sports or anything? Put anything in there as it is written for your sake. We face death all day. We face failure from other people all day. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than victorious. That's another word, way to say it. We are more than victory. We have more than a victory with Jesus because of the spirit he gave us. So this is what I have to say to you. You have to become victorious. You have to be born again and be given the spirit of God. Until then, you are not inheriting anything God gives you. You are faking it. You're not an actual Christian. You're but a, you're but a wolf in sheep's clothing. Don't be cowardly. Or ashamed of rejection or mistakes. Listen, you don't just go out there, then all of a sudden you're like, I'm the best evangelist ever, right? People may say things to you. People may throw things at you. You can't be, a, you can't be ashamed of your failures in that sense because Christ has made you victorious. So go out and preach the gospel full of the Spirit, not of fear. Go out there full of the Spirit, not full of fear. If I can have my two uh, altar workers come up, please. And I, I mean this with all love when I call you guys cowards. I mean this with all love when I call you guys cowards. And I'm not saying it in the self-boast of self-righteousness. I have been cowards. I have been cowardly since I've been saved a few times. I'm not going to lie. I'm not telling you this from a soapbox saying I'm better than you, I'm greater than you. What I'm saying is that all of us, from deacons, the two-on-oneers, the one-on-oneers, you come in your first time, we can be given the spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline. It's given to you. You don't work for it. If you can go to 1 Timothy, I want to I share with you the gospel if you've never heard the gospel. This is why I'm so confident and bold in Christ with the spirit. If we can go to 1 Timothy uh, 9 and the rest of it. It says right here, he has saved us and called us to a, to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done. It's by his grace. Not anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace has been given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to the light through the gospel. So this is the Jesus I'm talking about. He's destroyed death. He's brought life. He's brought immortality. immortality. And he has had this for you. He has had this. He has been wanting to give you the spirit since the beginning of time. He's had every one of you in his mind. He says, Do, one day I will dwell in them. One day they will be able to be powerful. One day they will be able to be full of love. They won't be washed back and forth like the waves of the sea. They will live for me and they'll proclaim my gospel. 
and they will love others. See, this is, this is the gospel that Jesus did that for us. And if it is the first time you heard it, if I can have all heads bowed and, and just your eyes closed, I want you to reflect on this message. If, you, if this is the first time you're hearing the gospel, I definitely want you to come up and speak to, to one of the people here, Ashley to my right, TJ to my left. They will walk you through the gospel, and you have to give your life to Jesus. If you are not born again or you have no assurance that you'll make it to heaven when you die, you need to speak to these two people pronto, as soon as possible, as soon as I finish praying. But if you are, right, a Christian and you are feeling, you are feeling timid, if you are feeling cowardly, you need to come up. You need to come up. You don't want that to be a habit. You don't want to be afraid. You don't want to be afraid of failure. If you're afraid to open your mouth saying the wrong thing, preaching the wrong thing, being made fun of failing, you need to come up. You're afraid of starting a Christian club. You need to come up. And if you've been a coward your whole life, you know you don't have Jesus. You've heard the gospel, but you are now realizing that because of your, coward, your cowardice,